1: Welcome to the There It Is Podcast, a comedy podcast to help you find your inspiration. I'm your host, Jason Barr. Let's do this. Thanks so much for joining me. Very much appreciate it. We have a really great episode today. It's with our buddy, Max Ross. He is an improviser. He's a comedian who performs up here. And I'm on a house team with him. I'm on an indie team with him. He does a ton of stuff. But before we get to the interview, we have a couple of people to give shoutouts to for supporting the podcast and newsletter. It's Barack Ziv and Clayton Smith. They both donated recently and you can too, if you'd like to, we have two ways that you can PayPal and Patreon go to there it is pod.com and click the support button only if you feel so inclined. Okay, let's get to today's episode. As I mentioned, it's a really great talk with our buddy, Max Ross, and we talk about game of the scene and relationship of the scene and how active he is as an improviser and performer. Let's just get right to it. Here's my chat with Max Ross. Are you from Long Island, isn't that right?
0: Yeah, we moved here when I was seven. Oh, where from? From Las Vegas. I didn't know you were born there. Us, um, so I wasn't born there. I was actually born in Philadelphia and I lived oh, there for, wild. <laughs> yeah, I lived there for a year and then when my parents were pregnant with my sister, we moved to Las Vegas when I was like one and then we lived there until seven and my mom wanted to well actually I think it was it was a combination of my mom wanting us to be in a better school system and my dad getting a a job in New York that they decided to move. I think mm. it was more, the, I think it was more the job more than was the biggest reason.
1: Mm-hmm. But yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I've been living in,
0: in Long Island ever since.
1: Oh, wow. Have you been back to Philly or Las Vegas? Yeah. I just visited the summer with my
0: brother. We went to Vegas. I, I We don't go back to Philly. There's no, there's no one in Philly. Mm-hmm. We have no, no ties to Philly at all. But yeah. yeah, I visit, I used to go every summer. That was my favorite. I, when I first moved for a long time, when I moved here, mm-hmm. I wanted to move. Back to Las Vegas. So I will wow. visit at, Yeah. Because I had so many cousins. I have like, like now I have extended family where they're like over, well over 20, maybe, maybe pushing 30 like wow. cousins and like second cousins because of kids and stuff. I, I have a, a large extended family there. Is that so,
1: where you're, one of your parents are from or both? you? Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. My, my dad grew up in, his whole family grew up in Vegas. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, well, that's cool. Yeah. So you feel like you still feel a connection to Vegas. Yeah, for sure. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. It's interesting when you're born somewhere and you're there until you're like one or something, you know, like too young to really experience the city. And you always say like, I'm I was born in Billy. Right. Or wherever you're born, but you don't feel a connection there, really. (laughs) Not at all you're too young
0: <laughs> exactly yeah there's no there's absolute besides my birth certificate which is like it's a it's it's a nice looking birth certificate like government certificates are nice looking right so this i have that i have like this nice looking birth certificate with philly like with like the cracked bell or just like you know landmarks from philly on it but that's it other than that i feel absolutely no philly like the sport i hate the sports teams there i don't like the phillies or the eagle i hate like i don't like i dislike them I, I have a strong dislike for them. Well, actually, the Steelers—that's well, Pittsburgh, but 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 everything in Philly.
1: I'm yeah. Not, wow. Yeah,
0: I don't like the sandwiches, the cheesesteaks. I think Pats really? and. Uh, but I mean, had you had a cheesesteak there? Yeah, I went to so I went to John's Roast Pork, which is like the not like the popular Pats or I forget what or Gino's uh, or, or I'm not sure what the other name is.
1: And you didn't like it.
0: Yeah, it was just like a ballpark cheesesteak. It Was like nothing. There was it wasn't good it was the you know it was like it was not like the novelty of being there was cool but it was just like a it was it was not that great
1: I do want to go to one of the because I've only ever had cheesesteaks outside of Philly and it probably wasn't a good representation of the popular Philly cheesesteak places so I want to try it but I have a feeling I'm going to be really disappointed from what I, I've heard, everyone say now, <laughs> who yeah. da, who's not from there, everyone's like, "Ah, oh, it's just a big wet sandwich." Yeah, yeah it's yeah. like not fun.
0: Yeah, if you've been disappointed by either Philly cheesesteak sandwiches, then that that's probably a Pats. <laughs> this is a hot take to you. I, I hope you don't have a lot of big Philly following because I'm like <laughs> I'm I'm uh, so trashing auntie, them right now. Yeah, <laughs> but like I'll say this, like yeah, I I think every Philly cheesesteak sandwich you've probably had is probably resembled of a Pat's like Pat's maybe it's Pat's does it a little bit better but but if you go to John's Rose Pork they make they have great sandwiches over there the the meat is quality the cheese is not a squirt cheese it's a Uh, cheese whiz yeah yeah which I guess like I understand like people like I guess it's like you know guilty pleasure or whatever like you know this I've never had a
1: cheese whiz one though so okay I I kind of so want the cheese with. I want that, to. That's the one I want to start with. Is a <laughs> Yeah. What is Vegas known for other than gambling?
0: Honestly, what is like what is Las Vegas known for other than gambling? Couldn't tell you. Could not tell you.
1: <laughs> they
0: actually they have a growing improv scene there. Bleach improv. Oh, yeah? yeah, I went to visit. I did a jam oh there. fun yeah it was cool
1: i didn't know about the improv scene going there that's that's awesome
0: yeah yeah they have a small art center and they're growing another they have another theater that's just opening up i think it's mom's basement theater hmm. so shout out to them they have the mob museum there <laughs> uh someone has
1: a residency at the you know wherever the location i can't remember what venue does residencies yeah one yeah. of those casinos has people come in and do. i guess it's a couple of them i imagine it's a couple that do residencies but yeah entertainment dry heat yeah that's it that's, that's what they're not yeah <laughs> yeah actually it's cool they i think there's
0: kind of a sports guy right they have the golden knights their hmm. hockey team Like, they never, Las Vegas never had, like, a professional sports team because it was, you know, all these professional sports didn't want to touch Vegas because it was legal to gamble there. So, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm sure they're thinking that they're going to be throwing games or whatever like that, Mm -hmm. but they have this hockey team, the Golden Knights, that was made, like, great their first year, and, like, that's their team it's so cool. Cause like when you go to visit them now, like everyone's got stickers of the golden Knights and jerseys <laughs> and they're all like huge golden Knights fans. Whereas they like just adopted the Raiders in the town and like, doesn't really feel like their team, but like, it's, it's cool. Yeah. Like it's like Las Vegas is like starting to build like this identity as like kind of a place other than just this place to go on a to a vacation. Uh, oh, that's cool. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, it's just, I, I I just see my like cousins and aunts, like they're more proud of the town (laughs) or, or they just have more to talk about and more to like be proud of because of the, 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 the golden Knights is like Mm -hmm. their thing. So that's been really (laughs) cool to like, see that kind of the magic. (laughs) Yeah. 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 The camaraderie of a sports of a good sports (laughs) team in your town.
1: Yeah. What are your teams? You know, since you lived in Long Island so long, you, or is it a local team that you pull for or a New York City team?
0: Yeah, I'm a, I'd say I'm like a Met, I'm definitely a Met fan. That's my, that's probably my local team. Other than that, I, I'm Vikings, Minnesota Vikings and football and oh, hockey Islanders. Mm-hmm, I don't really, mm-hmm. I don't really follow them as much. But yeah, that I think growing up, I liked to be di- like different. So <laughs> like, I liked, having a i didn't want to be like a giants or jets fan mm-hmm. and i my grandpa was from minnesota and he was a vikings fan or, my, or like maybe he talked about it and like randy moss was big once i started getting into football yeah. so i was like okay i'm a vikings fan because i like watching randy moss and Don not mm-hmm. throw to him mm-hmm. but yeah mets were cool mets honestly i think i i think i picked mets because it was another team that was just like especially long island most people are like yankee Yankee fans I guess all over New York most people are Yankee fans so like it felt like just like the choice to be like different to be different and more creative to be like a Mets fan to (laughs) live in the struggle yeah
1: yeah it's definitely gotten a lot cooler to be a Mets fan in recent years I feel like like I feel like a lot more it's more popular to be a Mets fan now than it was like 10 years ago
0: yeah I i I was talking to somebody about this. I think, or my my buddy Alon, that I think that comedians, if you'll find the comedians, New York based comedians, I I bet you find a majority of them are Mets fans because it's just like <laughs> that's the type of personality that picks that <laughs> yeah. team, right? But John
1: Stewart's a pretty big Mets fan, I believe. Seinfeld.
0: I think it's just like, if you have that, that, like, you know, that need to be like, it's, it's the, fu- it's the fun team. It's like the Yankees are all business and they're like, you know, they're yeah. going to win. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's been different now because a lot of teams are spending money like the Yankees, but like, it used to be just like, they're going to get the best players they're going to win and they're the best. And it's like, not even an argument. They were they're right. that much better. And it's, and it was like, it was more fun to be like a Met fan to like be like try to like, you know just try to argue about like why you think the Mets is a better organization when it's clearly not but that's that's changing it's changing right now which is cool because it's like now it's like you know now it's it is cooler to be a Mets fan now
1: yeah well they have one of the funnest mascots they have a fun mascot they also have a fun theme song meet the mets meet the mets that's fun (laughs) yeah that's all it's that that's probably more fun for kids in a i mean it's more coney island right like hey this is all a big fun thing whereas new york yankees are like big time showtime amaze amaze the kids but you know it's not like hey look at this big head over here on this guy. <laughs> step right up and, and greet the Mets yeah you know, it's like you know, a lot more fun it's more like a the Mets they're more like a you know a, like a, a family amusement team. park yeah. yeah yeah it's like amusement
0: well I think that's uh, what they wanted to do when they first that was like their they're like hey New York's a big market why don't we just make a more family friendly team and I think that was kind of the idea when mm-hmm. they when they started to like Market themselves. That's his team's. Like they're more family friendly, and they have this guy with a giant head, baseball <laughs> head. He is a great, ma- he is a great mascot.
1: It's so funny to me. <laughs> yeah, I think it's great. I I do have to say, like Grizzy's pretty good, but I know
0: <laughs> not a mascot, not a real mascot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs>
1: no,
0: so he actually, is great. I, love,
1: I do like. Yeah, that. he's funny, man. Yeah, he's great. Speaking of funny, you very funny. Thank you. You're welcome. How long have you been doing improv? I feel like, so when I first saw you, it was 2017. It was your level two class show that I first saw you in. And then we were in level three together. But how long had you been doing improv? Had, like, did, you do, did you start UCB before you started Magnet? Oh, so you were doing them concurrently
0: yeah i uh that's right
1: i remember that now
0: yeah yeah so that that was the year that i started i took a free class the rick andrews and just fell in love i'd wanted to do stand-up since i was in the third grade Mm -hmm. and because i was just didn't know how to start writing material or how to start performing didn't know anything about improv Mm -hmm. or anything like that other than whose lines anyway i had no idea how to get started until i found this free class and just fell in love with it just became obsessed and Improv was great because it's like, I didn't have to do any homework. I just Mm -hmm. had to show up and be, and just, you know, (laughs) be myself. And yeah, I've been doing it ever since.
1: You had a very, like immediately you stood out, not only because you're funny, but you have a, a presence on stage where I was like, when you're in a scene, you're the interesting thing that's happening because just the way you perform, the way you hold yourself. I mean, it is a, it's a stage presence, but also like you're, choices as a performer blending together really well thank you
0: so much for saying that jason i love when you say that because i know you have such this long history of improv so when you say stuff like that i'm like oh yes validation (laughs) that's what i i'm I'm
1: constantly looking for that (laughs) well you're Uh, naturally funny is that i mean have did you just grow up in a funny family were you told a lot that you were funny so my dad
0: was pretty he's a charismatic guy funny guy I think it just came from, I grew up kind of just, just overweight and, and like how I, how I started to like develop, like just, just being insecure about being overweight and just like, just when you're insecure about that, you, I, I had like a lower self value or like self image of myself. So just like through that, just like finding kind of comedy as a way to kind of like make myself valuable, just like just being funny in front of my friends uh-huh. and starting to do that. I think because of that, like finding comedy were, were, were like a, as a tool for people to like be attracted to me and to like me and to uh-huh. want to be around me, just fueled the fire of me wanting to be funny. So uh-huh. I was just constantly seeking ways to make people laugh and just, just really trying to to you know hone it because I wanted to I wanted to be have people like me so that was like that that Mm -hmm. was like it felt like that was the only way I could do it now like I've I've done a lot of work and therapy and stuff to kind of try to separate myself from that but like Mm -hmm. for a long time I think just when you're when you're insecure about yourself you find something like comedy or something that you right
1: well, it's that's uh, a very common thing that I've heard of people saying like, well, I was getting teased a lot and I just wanted to you know, like be liked or whatever. I was like for me, I growing up also insecure and was when I lived in one state and at one elementary elementary school I was teased a lot and and kind of bullied. Mm. And when I moved into a new place, my thing was to be funny and, and self-deprecating yeah. because I figured, well, I'll beat people to the punch. Like, I'll make the <laughs> joke. And, and it, I was an adult when I heard this quote of Harry Shearer where he said, comedians get into comedy so they can control how people laugh at them. Mm. And that made so much sense to me because that's literally what I did. Yeah. I I wasn't going to let someone get the upper hand and tease me or or bully me and make fun of me. I was going to make a joke that's going to be better than theirs anyway. Right. (laughs) So that anything they say, it's like, yeah, I was funnier. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Or I already made that joke and I did it better. So like, (laughs) yeah. No, and now it,
0: you're, you're a, just a jerk because you're not funny and you're, di- and you're digging in. Like, why are you even, why are you even doing right, that? Jason's right. so much better at making
1: fun of himself. <laughs> <It's> uh, like, <laughs> yeah. Like, Jason can do that. You can't. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: <laughs> but yeah, I, it's good to hear you normalizing going to therapy to sort of separate yourself from a lot of those feelings that you were dealing with growing up. Yeah, uh, that's you know I just want to highlight that because that is something that I think is important for people to do.
0: Oh, dude, yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah, it's I mean it's still brought like a, a a work in progress, right? Mm-hmm. Like because I I still really need like. I'm just living good show in between like good show to good show. Right. I'm like, I have a good show. I'm like, okay, good. I'm I'm like on top of the world, which is like, mm-hmm. I, it, it is a great feeling. Like it's hard to, mm-hmm. to top a great show, but like, it's like, you, I'm a, I, I, that's not why, like why I'm a valuable person. I'm a valuable person because I'm, I'm a person and I'm, right. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a, a human being and I have valid feelings and and everything like that it's just yeah it's it just it takes a lot of work it's to just be like you know like hey i am just like there's no one there's no heart like heart like real hierarchy of who's better than who it's just like you know just just be your like just be comfortable like being being like you're trying to be your best version of yourself and and right. you know that that's good that's
1: good enough. Yeah. yeah, that is a balancing like if you go into comedy in part because you grew up being funny so that you could deal with something that's sad or, or difficult mm-hmm. that ends up rap, wrapping itself into how we value ourselves. Mm-hmm. When you start trying to unwrap that, I've heard comedians say they didn't want to go into therapy because then they're worried that they won't be funny. Right anymore because right. they're unwrapping that. But obviously, you're still very funny, regardless, <laughs> you know. You. So, you're not, I never picked up. And for the listeners, you and I have had a bunch of classes together because level three, and yeah, we was when we met officially and had a class together, and we did levels after that. And then also, we're in an indie team together and boyfriend together, yeah, and now on a house team together, yeah. So we've performed a bunch of times together, countless times together. I've never had the sense that your vibe was trying to be liked. Cuz you can sort of tell when somebody's out there because they're trying to be liked by everyone or or mm. it's like be the biggest like that. Yeah. That has a certain vibe that you don't have.
0: Oh, thank so, you. you know, uh, you're
1: you're just funny on your own, man.
0: Uh, like, you know. <laughs> thank you. I'm gl- I'm glad to hear that cuz I I feel like I hate I'm worried that I do come off that way. So I feel like I've been fooling you.
1: Uh, Well, now it's imposter syndrome.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, I I think what's great about the improv community is that like, it's different from, it's, it's great because it's, it's where people like us can feel, I don't feel stressed about being liked because I can be Mm -hmm. my weird self. Mm -hmm. And I know that you guys are like to, like to be weird and funny too so it's just like yeah i i let's just go have let's just go have fun it's great whereas like growing up around friends like you're who are not who don't want to be comedians or not it's Mm -hmm. it's different right because like they Mm -hmm. you could it could be more judgmental yes
1: for sure uh, and yeah you know it's it's less acceptance whereas like in the improv community you're immediately accepted because everyone's just like hey someone yeah. else like me <laughs> so right. you don't, you lose that dark cloud or that chip on your shoulder you're being accepted so it, it allows you to feel like you can open up more.
0: yeah yeah I mean and it's taught I mean it's just the the basic principles right. of improv are just like acceptance right so it's mm-hmm. there's that there's there's so many layers to it but it's like yeah yeah man I I am I, it's been just so great for me to be a part of an improv community especially one as great as the magnet it's yeah yeah
1: what a great community and like it's not to everyone's of course tired of covid and tired of talking about covid but yeah you know i do feel like the community took a hit because during the pandemic we lost our training center so we're not there all the time like you could go to the training center and and see a bunch of people yes. if you're if you got a class or if you're rehearsing like you could just see people all the time. Yeah. And then you could go to the theater any night of the week and see a bunch of people and now yeah. it's sort of like should I even go outside, you know? Like yeah. you don't go out as much and we don't yeah. see each other as much and people I don't know if anyone else feels this way, but I feel like people don't get on Facebook as much and people deleted their Facebook. So we had a good magnet theater as a a Facebook group. And it seemed like there was a lot more activity on there at one point than there is now.
0: Yeah, it is weird. I think a lot. I mean, what helps the community is like the is the process I think of getting on teams and like that whole, even though it's kind of like a ladder system that you're climbing, but that that helps a lot because there's people who are like wanting to be a part of the community and like wanting to be more active and like, are more interested in these teams that have been together. And and then like you hit it on the head to the training center was great because it's like, you see people, yeah. Hang out for a second. It's tough. Yeah. It's, it's different right now. It's, I think it's slowly coming, the community is slowly coming back. Um, yeah. But it's, yeah, I think you're right. There needs to be some sort of central because Facebook, I, I, I really, the only, the only thing that's keeping me on there is stuff like the magnet Facebook group and like yeah the uh, stand up resources and stuff like yeah. that's the only thing that's keeping me alive on account is because like there's sometimes there's announcements where I'm like, Oh, that's interesting.
1: Mm -hmm. um yeah I don't go on there to engage so much anymore yeah (laughs) yeah I still get on like Twitter which I hate way more and and Instagram (laughs) yeah me too like what am I why am I not getting on Facebook then if I'm gonna bother with social media at all I don't
0: know that's a good point I don't know I don't know I'm my immediate thought is just like I don't I don't know, because cause so many other people are just not on it. So I just know that they're not going to be yeah. using it. So I think that's part of it. It's like become like this thing that we're like too. <laughs> it's like we're we've outgrown it or it's like it's <laughs> like the old it's the old social media <laughs> platform and we're we're too hip for it now.
1: <laughs> yeah. And all the like sharing of opinions and when it's like, oh, this person thinks COVID is a hoax. Oh, okay. You know, like I think that burned us out (laughs) of like listening to that wasn't happening in the magnet group that, but that was happening on Facebook.
0: Right. It's happening with your, you know, friends and family and stuff. It's like, Oh man, what, 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 what are you following? What are you, where are you getting these links? I, this is ridiculous. Uh,
1: Yeah. It's so ridiculous. So wild. so, One of the reasons I wanted to have you on here was because you were taking both UCB and Magnet classes at the same time. You went through the full curriculum at both, even the like conservatory level stuff. Mm -hmm. And after you had taken those classes, you were, I feel like, just as prolific about doing improv because you were retaking classes, taking more classes, big (laughs) sibbing, which for people who don't know, at the Magnet. If you've gone through curriculums, you can retake a class as like an assistant, basically. But you're you're taking it so you can take notes and you can give yeah. information. So it's someone else there to support the teacher. Basically. Yeah, it's like a or
0: professional it. teacher's pet.
1: Right, but you're <laughs> improvising with everyone. You know, yeah. you're not you're not just sitting next to them and taking notes. You're right. like imp- you're you're in, you're engaged. Yes, um,
0: it's great. It honestly is great it's that such a
1: smart good. i think every theater should do that in their I classes agree. is have someone who's been through the classes who can who can help because it it's it's just helpful in every way it, it's yeah. like a very good bridge uh when a teacher's trying to explain something having someone who knows how to do it cuz they've been through the they've been through a few of the levels yeah they'll be able to exempli- exemplify it to the rest of the class in a way that Someone, who, you know, if it's a bunch of new people who have never done improv, they 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 aren't getting it, you know. And right, so having right. that big Sib there to display it helps helps. Oh. It. just everyone benefits from having it.
0: I agree. I agree. It's great. It's great for some for like them to have like a good kind of direction to shoot for, mm-hmm. especially when big Sibs like myself who have like been doing it for who are more confident improvisers, whether they I should be or not. <laughs> But like, you know, I don't like these exercises. like when I first took the classes, these exercises had a lot of weight to them. Like I, mm-hmm. I put a lot of weight on each exercise, like how I'm going to mm-hmm. show, how am I going to show my classmates how funny I am and how good I am. <laughs> but now I know it's like, it's just an, it's like an exercise that means absolutely nothing at all. I literally am just trying to do the thing that the teacher is telling me to do. Right. Let me show you guys what <laughs> kind of what I think that they're, they're asking us to do. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm you know, usually that's, that's a good way to, that's a good way to learn. Cause you're like, okay, this, that's how Max is doing it. Okay. Okay. Right. That's, okay. That's what we're doing.
1: <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. It's just being a good example yeah. for the, for the exercise or for the lesson. And uh, you make a good point too, of just like when you're, when it's the first time you're like kind of trying to be the funniest persons. Cause you want to be liked by every, you know, like that's what we all experience. We're trying to be oh, liked. Yeah. Oh, we're, yeah. we are new people. We want them to think we're funny, but it is better to just do the exercise for the sake of it. The- yeah. <laughs> you know, like that. It's the better way to go about it. Yeah. <laughs> because you grow so much more, I feel like, like you big sibbing. What is the growth that you've noticed in yourself versus taking classes from that earlier mindset?
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, I get a lot out of the, the notes that I take for the class to kind of like rehash why we're doing each and every exercise. It's helped me mm-hmm. coaching it's helped me. I've been doing some coaching lately too. I coach some workshop stuff, but it's, I think what, yeah, what helps me the most is kind of just like, just, just really practicing, taking, like doing exercises and like practicing with classmates and just with taking the pressure off myself and just kind of clocking that, like when I do that, I have way more fun. And when I have way more fun, I'm usually, you know, more,
1: more fun to watch and play with. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You were doing so much. What made you want to do because outside of the classes and, and before you were on sweetheart with me, you were on butter, butter, butter with Justina and, and some other friends like who's a friend of the podcast Mm -hmm. and there was Boyf. Our indie team, and then you have a duo with Steve White, right? Yeah, yeah. And were you on any other indie teams? weren't you like Second Cousins? weren't you like, Yeah, another indie team. you I was with Second Cousins, another Magnet indie team, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Picture which has top. Shannon krowicki Yeah, she, another previous guest, friend of the podcast.
0: Yeah, also I love that team so much. There's so yeah. much fun. A lot uh, of fun
1: people on that team. Yeah. Yes
0: picture talkies which was a movie form team from ucb we kind of had a small run but we had fun doing that um yeah just as much improv as i could find
1: yeah yeah you were doing it all like i don't know anyone who's there's maybe one person who compares that i know but i don't even think he does it was doing as much at the same time as you've been doing What And this is the question, I'm sure, I'm sure it's the question everyone wanted to hear when they heard that you were taking UCB classes at the same time as magnet classes, because the approach is so different. UCB is very game based and Mm -hmm. magnet. The approach to improv is very relationship based. What were you noticing while you were taking classes at the same time? And was it hard to switch?
0: Yeah, so that's interesting. I think Taking them at the same time was, so I I, already taken three levels of magnet before I started taking UCB classes. So I was already kind of, I was like, it's only been like six months, but I was already more confident in, in improvising before I started taking UCB classes. So that was one thing going into UCB. I was kind of more confident, but I guess what I noticed the most is, I don't know, UCB, I had a lot of performers who put a lot of pressure on themselves to be very funny. And a lot, of, there's a lot of very funny people in UCB. It attracts, it attracts really funny people. But I think what I noticed the most is kind of their focus on game and, and the comedy engine was probably the biggest difference. I'll say this. I think going back, I would have liked to practice improv more before I started taking UCB classes Mm -hmm. because i think that you need to be confident uh way way more comfortable performer before you start worrying that much about game Mm. because it could put you in your head and i think that was happening a lot for me it it, Mm -hmm. for me i was in in my head a lot about game about how i was playing it what's the smartest way to play the game or the scene and ball and this and that and i think it's a curriculum that is for people who are more advanced improvisers i think cuz it's it's mm-hmm. easier to handle once you're more confident but yeah it took me a while to get comfortable with game it took me a while yeah me I, too I, yeah
1: yeah i i think you wording it as like the engine of the scene makes makes it make a lot more sense to me but i think the way when i first was learning about game it just made me think about the initiation being clear for what the game is. Mm. And that got me in my head. If yeah. I didn't have a good enough opening line yeah. that it wasn't clear to them, then it's like, oh, this scene's going to suck now. Or if I'm standing right. on the sidelines thinking like, how do I get this initiation line right? Ugh. Then I'm not listening to what's happening in the, yes. on the stage. <laughs> and so the thing that I've sort of noticed, and, I, and I'm definitely... I'm not an anti-UCB person or an anti-game person. And I think that is how a lot of the discussion got to be, which was silly. Like, the in the overall world of improv, uh, you had people who were pro-game and knocking people who weren't. And people who were relationship-based and sort of knocking people who were yeah game-based. And it got silly. But I think if you are a bit machine, if you're just someone who's like, does bits. Yeah. You're going to do great with game centered stuff. And for, I know I have some listeners who don't do improv. I guess we should explain the difference here when we say game versus relationship versus no rules is a theater, a big theater Mm. that's like a no rules sort of thing. Game of the scene is sort of like, what is the thing that's happening that makes the scene funny in a very premise based sort of way? Like one thing that everybody knows, and no one uses game in this way, but I think it's accurate. Everyone knows whose lines it anyway. Mm -hmm. And when it's a scene where it's like they have these things that they have to do to do their scene, that's a that's a game basically, you know. Now at a theater like UCB, that's not the way it plays out because it's not short form improv like Mm -hmm. whose lines it anyway. But that's a game, right? Where it's like this this premise. I think if you look at This is maybe a random reference. But if you look at some of those great Barney Fife scenes from Andy Griffith's show, those are kind of game-centered scenes because there was something very specific about what Barney was doing or thinking and the comedy was being derived from that specific thing. And that's Mm -hmm. sort of, that you could see that as like game-centered. That's what game-centered is. Yeah. Whereas relationship-based stuff is more two characters it's like a neil simon play it's like the odd couple where you've got the straight laced one and the slob and the slob is annoying the straight laced one because he's being so slobber you know so so sloppy around the place and the straight laced one is annoying the slob because he keeps picking up after him you know and so it's how their different personalities are affecting each other yeah. That's the basic difference. The scenes don't necessarily look all that different or play yeah. all that different.
0: Right. I agree. Yeah. yeah.
1: It's just kind of like how you think It's how your brain works. You know, yeah. if you're someone who like uh, one person who's great at game centered scenes is Ben Schwartz and Ben Schwartz is great doing bits. Yeah. So good.
0: Yeah. I think you nailed what the difference is of like philosophies are there and i would i would say that relationship you need to nail that before you can get to game and i, I would, would also agree. say yeah i would say yeah. that people when you're taught like magnet teaches relationship based like we're playing we're, we're we're getting to game we're getting a lot of times we're getting to character games or mm-hmm. we're getting to games where it's just like these two characters are in this in this weird world so we're playing like a what if this right. world was just filled with marbles as like their <laughs> uh, currency or whatever. Right. But like the relationship stuff is so important up top of the scene mm-hmm. to like get the audience to understand what the scene is about. What is the moment in time that we're looking at? Right. How do these characters think about each other? It's so important to nail that down first, because if you start with bits coming out, you know it, it, it's,
1: is, there's a there's enough there that's not clear to the audience yeah like, well what am i watching
0: right and they're like and they don't care what they're watching they're like okay <laughs> that was really funny but you better come up with some more bits you know or like i don't know like why why Absolutely, else am i watching yeah. this the scene so yeah. like you need both you, you need to yeah. have both in, in a balance mm-hmm. yeah and, and i would say that like so i think i think magnet gets kind of loosely teaches game by like making us focus on the relationship, but they Mm -hmm. don't teach us about so much about the handshake about agreement of what the game is and like how we're going to play it. Where I I think that's the next step, which UCB does, what they're teaching you is framing and then playing the game. Uh, And then when they do premise based stuff is great too, because you'll get to game faster that way. Mm -hmm. But I also think that when you're laying out a premise, you want to do a good job of setting up the relationship and that, stuff yeah i don't think one school is better than the other i think both schools need each other and and i think they both i think you they both teach the same thing just like they're ones on a different spectrum they're both on opposite spectrums
1: i would agree with that yeah i mean they have different teaching styles that work for them i think one of the things that i heard that i think is a fair way at least at the time because who knows what UCB is going to be like now. Yeah. But at the time, what this person was saying, and they were very clear to say, not that they're not disparaging the other, but they were saying UCB and it works for them and it's, and it's great. But they say, well, it's like putting block pegs in the little like hole sort of thing where it's like UCB will say like, okay, improv is this hole. So be this shape. <laughs> <laughs> to go so you, that you can go through that hole. Whereas Magnet's approach was more like, what is your natural voice? Like, what is your shape? And yeah. we will cool. then try to make the improv hole work <laughs> for you. Yeah, And it's, so it's a different approach to the thought process. And it all just depends on the type of thinker you are. And it's not that one is better in any sort of definitive way than the other. It's just what sort of language is going to make sense to you or what sort of approach is going to make sense to you so that you can have success shining your light. And it, it really, that's all it it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do agree that when people understand the relationship, <laughs> that it makes it easier for the audience to follow. Yeah. And I think that's why a lot of the real fun UCB scenes either started with them sort of establishing a relationship or that initiating line made it sort of clear what the relationship was. Like if a doctor's, you know, looking at the folder and saying like your lab work came in, then, okay, we get the relationship. Yeah. We, we understand what's happening here. And so then the next thing can just be something funny and the audience gets it because that is that, that base was established. But I think a lot of people miss that and they make it a cool kids versus the not cool kids thing or (laughs) whatever silly sort of thing that people turn it into. One thing that I think you're really great at is that response to the initiation. Like you're always solid with a, a response and I'm wondering what your thought process is when you're starting scenes that someone else has, has initiated the scene and you're the one responding to that beginning.
0: Yeah, I think that I love that's ash, that's the most that's my most comfortable position in a scene is, is is someone else initiating and me kind of helping them navigate that? Unless I like, unless I have an initiation right, like I can never like do a half chaff or like half idea initiation. I have to like know exactly what my character is, and then I'll have a good scene. Uh-huh. Because, but, 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 yeah, I think that when 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 I'm going on stage and I see someone has they have an initiation, they either have a half idea or or I, I don't even care about what how much they have invested. I just know that whatever they're gonna say, I'm gonna. I'm going to react to it. I'm going to react to it in a way that's strong because that's just the fun that's just fun. It's funner it's fun to like <laughs> it's fun to just like snap it right into this like okay, you just said something. Let's put some like weight onto it and see where <laughs> yeah. see why see why it's so important that you're saying this thing. It's 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 literally the easiest thing to do in improv. People think that you need <laughs> to add more information right away to make a scene like which like, you want to add information. You want to like maybe right. add something like by adding like how you feel about the character or where you are or whatever you think that is missing from the initiation. But like, yeah, I, I think just I've just going into scenes. And just like reacting to mm-hmm. what your person just said in a way that you think is truthful and like that I'll find is truthful, like is that something oh. a statement that would upset me or is that something that I would get excited about? Yeah. Just like, see where that takes you. Cause it's cause you're not, no matter what you do, unless it's premise based improv where you need to maybe play out a couple of lines before they get to this unusual thing that they're trying to get to. But usually that's not even usually no one has that clear of an idea of what they want to do. It's just right. easier to just just like react in a big way and be like, okay why 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 I care so much about this and then why mm-hmm. now you care more about it too yeah.
1: Um, yeah, yeah, it's easy for me at least to forget that, and that's a really good fundamental, but that really is like the position, the second line is you know you are reacting to something, and it's you know, not to put too much weight on the seriousness of that reaction, but that is kind of an important position because if somebody does something really big and and starting out a scene and you just go, you just kind of don't respond, Uh, (laughs) then it's, it's, if it's just sort of like a, oh, okay, then it doesn't mean anything. Right. (laughs) Like that big thing they just did doesn't have any sort of, significant
0: yeah yeah now we got to invent something else to be interested about
1: (laughs) right yeah and I think I'll say
0: this too I think what I try to aim what I aim for is a big reaction but never an argument yeah I think that's the most important not most important there's so many different rules about (laughs) improv but like that's that's like that's a good I think that's a good that's something that you should shoot for is like, it, it's a a reaction that doesn't lead to an argument. It's a reaction like that. We are like, Whoa, how do I, how do we deal with this now? How do we deal with this now that you've just dropped this thing? Yeah. Yeah. That's.
1: It is very popular for people to turn it into an argument. And then it's sort of like, okay, like what ends up happening in those scenes is it's just two people arguing but we don't really know why. Like we're not really invested in why the second person to speak had such a problem (laughs) with what was being presented. And so it doesn't mean anything to any of us. Right. And being able to say, okay, I just won't disagree with them that we're going to do this. Or if you're going to disagree, have a reason and be very vocal about that reason. Yeah. Because that can be funny, but it's just it's hard. It's hard when someone's like, Well, I don't want to do that. It's like, okay, well, what's what's even happening now then? Yeah. <laughs> like, why don't you want to do it? Because yeah. Now yeah. we can get somewhere. <laughs> if you yeah. just say that. <laughs> yeah. And
0: and are you gonna or once we get to the next thing, are you gonna argue about that again? Because you right. seem because see, you seem to like to argue about everything. So <laughs> okay, there's another whole scene about people who love to argue with
1: each other. <laughs> <laughs> all right, right. And neither of them are saying, well, I love to, cause that would be funny if they're like, I just love arguing with you. Let's do yeah. it some more. But yeah, yeah. that never happens. It's always just like, okay, why are they arguing so much? Yeah. <laughs>
0: it's
1: like all of those why questions when you're sitting in the audience, the answers would make that scene better. <laughs> yeah, They would make them so much more fun. Yeah. What makes you want to do so much improv?
0: It's literally my favorite thing. It's like, it's <laughs> improv is like what I want to do. Like, like I'd love to be in like a writer's room for like a sketch show or or sitcom where we're riffing, we're riffing for the first meeting of the day. And then we're, you know, going and writing our ideas. But like, really what I'm like, want to do is to be in that room with other funny people and having fun. Mm-hmm. And Improv, that's what improv is, is we're, we're going up there and we're like pitching, we're basically just pitching ideas to each other. But, but like, we're just, instead of like, you know, sifting through ideas, we're going right with our first, the first idea that we think of right away. So it's not always, it's not always the best, but I just love that. I love, I love just, it's what I've wanted to do. What I've always like, you know, before improv, I've always I was always the friend who was just like, let's joke, like, I'm just trying to get, do bits with friends and like, just like, Oh, please just do bits with me. Just please (laughs) do that with me. I just do anything. Just say anything. (laughs) So it's just like, I, uh, to do that with people who are like good at it and have Mm -hmm. fun doing that. It's just like the best. It's, Mm -hmm. I love it. Mm -hmm. And I love getting, and and I do it so much because I want to be, I love to, to just get, feel myself get better at it. And the more I do it, I felt myself just become more confident and, and because that, it's just more fun. It's more fun when I'm, I've, I'm feeling more comfortable with it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh gosh. It is a lot. I've, I have felt rusty lately because there's so much time nowadays in between doing yeah. shows that it's the good thing about it is I, I'm not doing it enough to where I can go, ah, I had a bad practice the other day or I had a bad show the other day and, and this is my time to <laughs> to like reclaim it. Now right. it's just sort of like I, that's not on my head. I'm just like, okay, what do I just want to do? like yeah. what do I want to work on? like what <laughs> what do I want to focus on in this show like oh I'll do better character work today you know yeah and, and then I can just try to have fun with that. It makes it a lot <laughs> a lot more exciting and just like a fun thing than like, oh gosh, I stink. But that's not a great attitude. I mean, like there was someone, Billy Merritt was on the show and some advice he was giving was after the show, the amount of time it takes you to go from the show back home is the only time you're going to think about the show. Mm. Once you're done, regardless of how it went, forget about it. Yeah. And that really is some of the best improv advice I have ever heard because whether that show was great or bad, It'll it can get you in your head if you think about it too long. Oh yeah. But now I I I am I, I feel like I'm now getting out of the rustiness, but at least I have that benefit of the last show was too long ago for me to get in my head about it going yeah. into the next <laughs> show. <laughs> 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 so that makes it easier. Yeah. Oh, I do
0: love I love that advice. That's good advice.
1: Yeah. Um you also took a stand-up class, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. I've been I've been getting
1: back into it a little bit. That's what I'm. Yeah, yeah. I love I
0: love stand-up. I've been trying to do it. I've been wanting to be a stand-up comedian since the third grade, right? And I'm just that's like the thing that I keep putting off. But yeah, I'm getting back into it. Into it now. Um, Where did you take the class? So I took a couple of classes. I took a class from. Laughing Buddha in the mm-hmm. beginning of the pandemic with Kevin Dombrowski, who's great. Mm-hmm. And then I took a class with Rick Chrome at the Comedy Cellar, which oh cool, highly recommend. The guy is a professional, so good. I mean, Kevin Dombrowski was great too, but Rick, uh, Rick Chrome's just been, he's been doing it for a long time. He's like very quick to like help you with your jokes on your feet. Just so skilled at just like helping you work on your your set. Can't recommend oh, him cool.
1: enough. Yeah. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to get back and I haven't done stand-up in forever, but I keep writing my jokes and my in like I keep writing, I'll have ideas and I keep writing yeah. stuff down. But let's go do a mic, man. Yeah, I want to and I want to with friends just so I can have fun that night instead yeah. of being the only person there and and no one's talking to uh, you dude, <laughs> or paying attention to you.
0: That is literally the biggest resistance I'm having. Yeah, of like really getting going with it. I know once I start getting going, like once I start getting a rhythm of going, I'll like really start going. But it's a tough community to break into. Yeah. It's not as welcoming as the improv community. No,
1: not at all. Everyone is, I feel like everyone is trying to like, it's all like so career driven, I guess. You know, it seems like they're, they are there to see how they can, <laughs> work on their thing so they can be be a big thing. So they're not listening to you. And it's like, right. that's all that's in the audience. Is, right. People who aren't listening to you because they're not there to listen. They're there right. to just, get. I, I don't understand those rooms. Why do those rooms exist when it's yeah. just comics in the room? And I would be fine if it had a workshop atmosphere where we're all paying attention to each other. If There's nothing but comics. And it's not about like enjoying a show. It's just about like trying your jokes. Yeah, I would be fine in that sense, but that's not what it is. Everyone at- treats it like it's a real show, but it's not a real show because it's not a real audience there.
0: Right? It's a lot. Most I would say most mics are like that. It it all honestly it all falls out on the host. The host is like, it's mm-hmm. such it's such an important part of those bikes. And when you have a good host, uh, there was um, a young woman at QED who hosted mm. this like popcorn mic orally. Orly, I forget her last name, but she was great. She had a great
1: Yeah, QED was a good spot. It was just so far from me, but like I did go there and, and liked it. And I liked I don't know if I did, I didn't do stand-up at Creek in the Cave. I did improv at Creek in the Cave. Mm. And there was a place called Freddy's that I went to that's in my neighborhood that had a good mic. Young Ethels has a mic that I haven't been to. I bet that one's good. So I'll just put that out into the ethernet. Oh, cool, cool. But that, uh, there's some other big ones I went to that were just not fun. One was just on its last legs. (laughs) It used to be big and it wasn't. And it wasn't wasn't like bad. It just, there was nobody there. And another one, a bunch of people were there. It's one of the ones that everyone talks about, but it just felt like, playing to an industry crowd that (laughs) or something it just was not fun yeah (laughs) it's like i don't know
0: it's tough it's tough because it's a mix of people yeah who are like going every night working on their stuff and like if you're I, i totally get that if you're constantly just going to these open mics and you're working on your stuff you know it's hard you know, it's hard to, to share your focus with these people who are on the stage because there's a lot of people who do these mics who are like, it's their first time doing comedy and being in the comedy world. So they don't have, I don't know, what's the best way to say it, like the best like feel for what the comedy scene is all about or, or mm-hmm. like what is appropriate or what's not. Right. It's just a large mix of people who are of variant skill levels. So it's tough. It's a tough, it's tough. It's tough. I will say like if people, if someone is really funny at an open mic, they'll they'll get the crowd invested. And I've seen people do well. And I've had I've had a couple of jokes, like not, not never a full set, because I didn't I didn't go enough. I took a break for for a bit too. But you know, I've had jokes that landed well. But but a lot of times it just feels like yeah, you're talking to you're you're talking to people who
1: are just reading over their jokes getting right their set right it's like uh this isn't what this is supposed to be you know yeah. like and I, and i don't mean like everyone should be like touchy feely supportive necessarily i just mean it's comedy yeah we're trying to have fun <laughs> what is fun about pouring over your already written stuff when you could be just not thinking about that and worrying about that. Yeah. And, and enjoying what someone else is doing. Like that's that's fun. You <laughs> know? Like you've written out what jokes yeah. you're gonna do. You don't need to like there there isn't this isn't going to be on television.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yeah it doesn't here need to, to be practice.
1: Right. You know, like you know what you're gonna say. You have it written down if you need to look down it. Just Ugh. just enjoy yourself tonight. You know <laughs> like Yeah. <laughs> don't just I, sit there and like all stressed out like oh i gotta i gotta get this set right yeah like i gotta i gotta get the order right it's like what <laughs> what do you
0: what <laughs> yeah yeah who cares yeah I mean, literally, it's literally practice where everyone's here to practice at these up mics
1: right yeah. like know what you want to do <laughs> write down the the your jokes that you want to try that night on a sheet of paper and then like just put it in your pocket until you get on stage Yes,
0: I I agree. (laughs) I agree. Yeah, there's there's I I would say the good hosts get kind of get that across. And unfortunately, there's a lot of posts out there who are just not don't really care that. uh, Or or don't care or just don't realize that it's important to Mm -hmm. get the audience involved to like, you know, Get, have a good have everyone have a good experience right right it's tough right. it's, a, it's a it's it's a yeah it's it's a yeah. tough it's
1: a tough community for sure yeah yeah I had a good time going to to Freddy's it, it like everyone was supportive of just like what the night was and so everyone was paying attention and it wasn't like I don't know it was just a fun room it was a nice it was a nice mic I liked it I don't know if those guys are still doing it but they ran a good mic. I'm thinking of running, of, someone told me like a year ago that I need to do a mic. Yeah. I need to like <laughs> set up. I was going to say this, I like, was
0: just about to, I was going to say like, well, well, you should just host a mic, Jason. Like, you know what, what, <laughs> what needs to be done. Just do it.
1: Yeah, I don't know why I'm dragging my feet on that. I guess I'm, I'm feeling like, I don't know. I've really gotten in my head about a lot of things. I'm like, mm. oh, it's got to be good. I've got to do it right. Yeah, yeah. And I'll spend too much time thinking about how to do it. Oh, uh,
0: yeah. Do you think you're a bit of uh, like a perfectionist?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I started with that too, man. Yeah, I saw something, I'm a Capricorn and <laughs> someone shared some, something on Instagram about Capricorns and perfectionism. And they were like, do you, like Capricorns, do you wait? to actually start working on some, an idea until you know you can do it right Oof. and I was like yeah it was like that's perfectionism oh man <laughs> and I was like oh <laughs> but that's totally what I do <laughs> yeah yeah if I if, if there's some part of it where I'm like I don't know that needs to be tweaked I'm not sure I'm not sure if that's the right way to do it then I will wait to do it
0: yeah I, and I bet you if you if you just put it out when you were when you thought you needed to work on it more or like when you were at I bet it would be great I bet it would be really good and people would be like be like that was great Jason <laughs> yeah, uh, probably right I like
1: my head too much yeah it's
0: it's it's tough dude I I this is something that I've been really working on lately is getting over that hump and just like just be okay with pu- putting out something that's good that you that you worked on that's good and, and just put yeah. it out and just mm-hmm. do it it's so hard because you, it's like, you know, that like, if you keep working and tinkering on it, you could, you could make it perfect, but right. <laughs> there's no such thing. It's not it's, there. Yeah, it's and that's the there. thing.
1: Like, I never thought I was a perfectionist because I never used the word perfect. I never was like, it's got to be perfect. I was like, well, it just has to be right. And I don't know how to ah, do it right. Yeah. <laughs> so Dude. that seems like normal to me to be like, no, I just, I just want to make sure I do it correctly
0: uh, I'm I so oh, I feel so heavy with this and we need to get over this Jason. Yeah. We need to <laughs> to you know, just start putting shit out. There. Dude, there's so many people that I can think of who are like prolific in what they put out. And mm-hmm. and and there's people who I think that are like everything they put out is like solid. It's good. I mean, it's mm-hmm. never it's maybe one video where I'm like blown away, but most of it's just like good. It's good and it's like, "Oh yeah, this mm-hmm. is good comedy stuff. So this is making me giggle." There's people who are like not the greatest putting it out every day. But like the, the people who are doing still doing that, putting it out a lot. And I'm just like, oh, this is not not really hitting with me. I'm still like in the back of my mind, I'm like, yeah, but they're put, they're putting <laughs> it out there. They're putting it out there and they're and they're 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 practicing putting it out there and and, mm-hmm. and getting it out there. That's all that that's that's all it is. We just gotta
1: I think what I it. should probably do to like bridge the gap, to like you know, as just as like uh, just to like meet it in the middle, it just as a compromise for my psyche and for creating things is make something, you know, on at whatever pace. And then if I don't think it's good enough, just don't put it out that day, you know. Like if like I I, I am not someone because I'm not a bit machine, I wouldn't want to do a TikTok a day or or something like that, but. You know, maybe three let's say three days a week I, I, I just think of something and then I put it together. If I don't think it's right, I don't have to put it out. No way. But l- at least I'm going through the process of creating something and I still I still gain that experience. Yeah. Whether I release it or not is, you know, who cares? <laughs> I'm yeah. still honing a skill. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's some advice I'm gonna give myself and and I'm gonna think about it until I can do it right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's create something together. We're at the end of the episode here. Cool. It's been a fun chat. Yeah. I liked hearing your process for how you that position, that second position in a in a improv scene where you are responding to an initiation. So how about we do an improv scene? I will initiate and then you respond and we'll just, you know, go through the scene and then we'll talk about you know how how it went, you know, and like what your thought process was just so we can exemplify this for people. Cool. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. All right. I got a I got a suggestion. That's for me. The audience <laughs> will not know. Max will not know. I have right. a suggestion. Ooh, I like it. Okay. Oof. Finally got all the gardenias planted. Ooh. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Yeah, that's man. So glad that that's done. That's that, that we can just mark that off.
1: We're done with it. Yeah. I didn't think it would take so long. You did it? No. I thought you know, gardenias. How long? is a little plant. So it's not gonna take too long. It was like a three-day project. Yeah, I we mean, got it's, a lot of stuff to do to like fix this house up. Yeah, I mean, it's
0: thirty acres of land. It's uh, it's a lot. It's a lot. I mean, you got to know that. You know, this is not just like our apartment. You know, this is this is we're not in the city anymore. Yeah, you know, yeah, this. Just-
1: I had no because I'm from the city. I had no concept for what thirty acres was going to be. Yeah. So, so is that why you looked at me strange? Where I said gardenias everywhere.
0: I was like, that is so many. I mean, I mean, I it it, it at first I jumped to like, okay, how many trucks of seeds are we going to need to to bring in here? Right. How many trucks with seeds? So, so uh, honestly, that's where I was going, you know, cause I'm a logistics guy. You, yeah. I, you know, I started my career at UPS and, uh, and I was just thinking like numbers wise, that's uh, the amount of seeds that we're going to need. That's,
1: that's bizarre. And uh, I was like, seeds, don't you just need the dirt? Uh, <laughs> I'm such a city girl.
0: That's what you were thinking right away. Was the dirt? You didn't even think about the seeds. You're just like dirt, I, don't,
1: I was dirt, just and like, you decide.
0: You decide what you like. You just tell the dirt, okay, you're going to be cadenias. You're going to be daffodils.
1: I'm telling you, I walk down the street. I just see flowers. I see plants, and I just think, oh, someone got plants from Lowe's, and then they just put those plants in the space they wanted it—a pot or in the ground outside. Uh, i didn't know there was like gonna be seeds
0: no 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 it's this whole we're we're going through the whole process the whole Uh, process
1: is such a to do yeah hey
0: hey hey we'll get used to it we'll get used to it let's okay let's get to our next project
1: okay yeah what's the next on the list um of uh, course
0: we want to get the tent the tent set up for the uh, the greenhouse that we're gonna get going.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know it was going to be such a big tent. You <laughs> know, when I heard about greenhouses, I just, again, as a city girl, I... I you like, figured it was
0: just going to gonna pop right up. You figured it was just yeah. going to be made right... No, we have to make it ourselves. There's no pre-made greenhouses. Why? There's a process. There's a process. Everything we do, we have to keep doing it. It's You can't... We have too much land now. We
1: can't just put oh. stuff in it. Not with our budget. See, this is why it's good to just have an apartment,
0: because <laughs> because you could just you could just mix
1: and match in the apartment. I could just I can buy throw pillows, <laughs> like nobody's <laughs> business. Any plants outside? That's the building's business. That's not mine. Oh
0: my gosh, Danielle,
1: uh-huh. this was your idea. You wanted to move out I to thought- the country. I thought it would be nice. Uh, I didn't know it would be so much planning. Hey, we're, hey,
0: hey. We're going to get s- such a strong work ethic after being out here. And, and and we'll be just like normal, you know, normal farm folk and living off the land. It's it's going to be a beautiful life. You know, let's, let's hunker down. Let's do it.
1: Let's do it. <laughs> 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 okay. <laughs> So scene, someone's running across the stage and, and uh, <laughs> Edit. editing the scene. So <laughs> I'll say from my perspective, anything I said immediately after your second line was inspired by that second line. It was not something I knew to incorporate into mm-hmm. the scene before you said that. And so you gave a weight to it. Or Because it made me realize, I was like, finally, I got the gardenias plant. And so then you gave some weight to it by being like, Oh yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Wow, that was a lot. Yeah, you did that. And so it was sort of like, oh yeah. So this was a big deal doing mm-hmm. all of this. And so I didn't know it was gonna be like, I've been working on this so many days, I didn't expect that. Like <laughs> I didn't when I made that initiating line, I did not think about that part of it at all of the scene at all. That came from you saying, you know, you giving that weight to it. Hmm. So from your perspective, what is what do you think? Like, what was the process like for you and how did it help you to continue on in the scene?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I was in anticipation. I was I was a little bit in my head, just a little bit, just just a tiny bit. Like, man, I really hope
1: I I really
0: hope I really (laughs) nailed this reaction.
1: Oh, I I was a little worried that was going to happen because I just like did all this like you're so good (laughs) at this. (laughs) So now I'm pointing out the thing that you're going to now do. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I didn't, I didn't give that much information in that first line, but, but I was just trying to nail down how I felt about
1: Mm -hmm.
0: how kind of I felt about what just happened and how I was like feeling with you. We had just done this work. So I was just like, okay, you said that was exhausting. I was like, there's no way. I'm not going to play the scene where I'm like, you didn't do anything like, like that's how many times have we seen that? How many times have you
1: seen that? Yeah. Right.
0: So I'm like, okay. Like realistically, if I'm in the, if I'm with a person who just said that I'm probably feeling the same way. Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, whoo. Cause, cause first of all, I'm, I'm, I'm very lazy. So if I, if someone just did a lot of work with me, you know, I'm going to say that, yeah, that was a lot of work. So I was like, yeah, (laughs) that was a lot. Yeah. That's all I wanted to do. I just wanted to be very clear that I was on kind of the same page about, yeah.
1: And then you added the thirty-acre detail. Yeah, <laughs> it was like holy crap. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, well,
0: because you, yeah, because you had said three hours, three, three, hour, day,
1: three yeah, days, yeah, a couple of days, of yeah.
0: <laughs> and I was like, yeah, well, what, what would that pull? Well, three thirty acres, right? And so then it became <laughs> funny that like you had these false expectations about how much work it is. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah, and that gave the detail of like what you know, like, well, why wouldn't I know? <laughs> it was like, well, maybe because. I'm from the city and I just didn't know. I'd never really been out in this kind of spacious land. Definitely didn't know what it's going to be like living in this kind of land.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. A couple of yuppies who decided that the city was just too mainstream (laughs) and they want to live a simple life and they got 30 acres of land.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. So to me, and obviously like, you know, Zoom prov that people aren't seeing you're a big you're real good with physical stuff uh so there was a little handicap there uh, doing improv Uh. that people can't even see oh yeah Uh, (laughs) that so i noticed you were using your face but you weren't using your face and body as much as you probably normally would yeah that's true (laughs) yeah that's
0: what i do i love really painting an emotion on my On my face.
1: Yeah. Uh, Yeah, you do. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It helps. It honestly helps. When I'm in a scene with you and you're doing that, it helps me dial in more into the reality of the scene because you're invested in it. And it also shows me what the scene is in a way. And I think that's a really big thing for people to hear because it's so easy. Like, I don't know what I look like. So I can if I come into a scene and say something like, I finally did this. And you're like, "Whoa, wow. And it's like, I see physically how big of a deal that was to you. Well, now I know how big of a deal it is. I didn't know how big of a deal it was at first, but now I do because I've seen your reaction to it. It's so helpful in scenes and makes me really focus more on like, okay, this is something. So look, you know, why would it be a big deal? Let's let me add some more detail in Uh. response yes
0: yeah it's so much easier to than trying to figure out why they said that they're on what and the difference between someone saying oh i'm uncomfortable and the difference between someone saying like why is like why are we doing this?" like it's like <laughs> yeah it's like you don't um, um, until you the more physical you are the more believable you are like that you're experiencing this emotion that you're you're trying to convey so it's just like Yeah, it it, it helps keep you in, it helps keeps you in it, I guess, right? For
1: sure, for sure. Yeah.
0: Well, there it is. Max, thanks so much for being on the podcast. Thanks so much for having me, Jason. A longtime listener. Absolutely honored to be on the podcast. Thanks so much for having me, man. It's been a blast.
1: It was an absolute blast having him on. I hope you enjoyed that. Give this new venture he's a part of a follow on Instagram, at Bunnies Improv. It's an improv group slash theater startup. That's holding drop-in classes every Monday from 7 to 9 at the Canary Club on the Lower East Side. Their opening show is on October 3rd, where they'll be waiting tables and improvising simultaneously, which sounds wild. Ticket links are in their Instagram bio. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at There It Is Pod, and subscribe to our YouTube channel at ThereItIs. And follow me on Twitter at Jason Farr Jokes and Instagram at Jason Farr Picks. Go to ThereItIsPod.com for newsletter and support info, links, and bio. Until next time, be good to each other.
0: The music for the theme song was created by Neil Brooks. The rap was written and performed by Nick Acevedo. The logo for There It Is was created by Jeff Prater. The There It Is podcast is produced by Jason Farr.